0: Hello, and welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. I'm Tim Golden.
1: And I'm Jason Hall.
0: And we together are Motown Philly. Jason is from Detroit, the Motown, and yours truly, Tim Golden, is from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And together, we call ourselves Motown Philly. And Jason, Mm -hmm. I believe our motto is communicate. Connect and community and that's what we're all about jason can you believe this is episode six yo man
1: this these things are flying by and it's i don't think it's our point to make them fly by it's just like we've committed to do this uh this labor of love i believe um i can speak i think i can speak for you labor of love and 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 we just show up we just show up with the level of consistency that we don't want to let down.
0: That's right. We gotta. We have to get this thing right and we have to stay with it. So I want to, again, continue to thank those of you who are downloading, who are listening, yes. who yes. are sharing. Jason and I are regularly checking our analytics and we like what we see. So thank you so much for all of the sharing. Please keep it you up. Can, uh, when, you, when you find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit the notification button so that you get uploaded every time. So that you get notified every time. We we don't want you to get uploaded. We want you to get notified every time we upload. So we are are grateful for all of your support. And we hope to continue to justify that support by delivering you high quality content on communication, connection, and community with regularity. True. So Jason, I think today what we're going to try to do is finish up our discussion of social awareness. Now, just to recap, we've been doing work on emotional intelligence. We're doing a series on emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which has itself four dimensions, self-awareness, social awareness, and what are the other two dimensions?
1: the other two dimensions first of all there's there's self-awareness and then there's there is hold on social awareness social awareness then it comes back to the self again
0: self-management
1: self-management
0: and social management
1: yeah social management there are other words that we've been using that's we're kind of figuring like what are the other terms but yeah
0: that's right and and so last week in the context of self awareness the first quarter of emotional intelligence we talked about the questions of who and what and why and today we want to finish the question of how
1: how mm-hmm.
0: so let's let's just review those jason in terms of who last week we looked at who we are and what we discovered is that we are not as much in control of our conversations as we think we are, right, Jason?
1: True. Um I think it's more of the element that are we are we letting ourselves be open to not having control of the conversation because I think the, the juxtaposition or the opposite is that we can often go into a conversation trying to control it, which also means that we're really not having the best type of conversation, right?
0: That's right. And so if we attempt to install ourselves as an artificial conductor of a conversation, we miss the opportunity for authentic connection because instead of us trying to conduct a conversation, the most authentic conversations are those that neither conversation partner ever intended to have in the first place.
1: Yeah, right. Is a beautiful thing.
0: That's right. So the, the concept of control is an artificial way to sort of direct a conversation that doesn't lead us to the kind of communication connection and community that we wanna build. So in terms of who we are, what we realized last week is that we are certainly people who are organic and we have to allow ourselves to be organic in dialogue with others because that's what brings about the genuine authentic connection and community. True. Then we address this question of what are we doing, and we came to some interesting mathematical observations last time, <laughs> right, Jason? <laughs> sure. I mean, I think if if I remember correctly, what we concluded is what we what we ought to be doing is impacting the lives of others in a positive way, and that usually manifests itself as a sharing or a division that ends up not with something smaller but with something much greater. So we divide in order to multiply. That is to say in sharing with others, we make a community which is something greater than what we had in the first place, right? Right. And so we looked at the who and the what And then we looked at the why. You want to tell us about that, Jason, recap the why?
1: Let's see. Talking about the why is like, is from the standpoint of what's our purpose? At least that's kind of how I interpret the why. Like, why do we get up and do what we do? Why do we have the conversations that we do? What's our intent, if you will, when we're having conversations with with the individual across from us and it can grow to a bigger um knowledge point of how you come into any conversation like what is what is your purpose what is your what is your true purpose of of who you are that starts with who you are and like how does that relate to somebody else um I don't know you can polish it up for me Tim
0: no, I, I'd agree with, with what you said, Jason, that the why is our purpose and w- what are our motivations for doing mm-hmm. what we're doing. Totally. And and so this is all, remember folks, this is all part of just the first phase of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. If we are not in dialogue with ourselves, if if we are not examining our who, our what, and our why, And in just a second, we're going to move on to talk about the how before we move forward and talk about the next phase of Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. If we're not doing these things, we're probably not in a healthy space, right, Jason, to even have Mm -hmm. community with others. So we need to check ourselves out, see who who we are, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. And and I think that's where we left off last week. Now, today, mm-hmm. I'm interested in this question, Jason, of how. How do we either continue doing what we're doing, if it's good, or stop doing what we're doing if it's not so good or if it's destructive? And I, I'm thinking of this in these terms. Okay. Have you ever seen a... Uh, an instruction manual and it gives you four steps Mm -hmm. and step four is repeat steps one through three (laughs) Yeah, I kind of think that's where we are with how because Mm -hmm. the question of how you continue if it's something good sort of implies to me that you're continually immersed in the who in the what and in the why of your communication. And that goes for how you continue and how you discontinue. So when I think of the question of how, I'm inclined to say, see the who, the what, and the why. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I like that. And I also like the fact that we are framing, like we, we frame our podcast for those who are listening that are new and and those who have been listening just just to understand like we frame our podcast from the point of reference of coming from a healthy space a healthy place a healthy you that's one of the ways that we can have better conversations that we can so that we can have connection so that we can have community it's hard to have all those things if the silver lining isn't from a healthy place and It's not about necessarily being from a happy place and we could talk about that on another platform but i definitely am a believer of one that's uh, health over health over happiness is for for me the like the the point of reference plumb line if you will that helps kind of navigate where we're coming from so if you're doing the the who the what and the why well it's you're looking back almost like revisionist history, how am I doing this? Am I doing this well or am I not doing this well? Because in both ways, there's a point of action. If I'm doing this well, let me continue to move and walk forward. And if I can use the same how, it's how could be just your assessment or self analysis to say like how, like, how am I doing? And that is a that's a point of awareness to look back to, to say if I'm not doing this well if if it if it doesn't if it's not yielding results that stem that that stem from a healthy place I might need to reconsider what I'm doing is this is this causing some type of pain if some type of undue discomfort and I'm not saying discomfort isn't needed or sometimes just there's an association when you have to have conversations with discomfort. It doesn't mean we just have to have a check in with ourselves and say, hey, am I going about this the right way? What do you think?
0: I, I agree, Jason. I think that's that's right. And and I hope that the how you continue or discontinue doing something is informed by a how that you are discerning from your relationship with others. Definitely. In other words, if you get the sense that your communication with others is not what it should be, that needs to be processed in a healthy way and in a way that says you maybe need to go back and reexamine a few things. So remember, this is all about the connection between the emotions, cognition, and language. Mm-hmm. That is what we feel, what we think, and how we speak. Mm-hmm. Because speaking, in that, it, sometimes things don't happen in that neat order, right? right? Right. Sometimes we speak before we think. Right. Sometimes we feel before we think. hmm Sometimes we think before we feel. Sometimes we think instead of feeling. Sometimes we feel instead of thinking. (laughs) Sometimes we talk instead of thinking or feeling. Feeling. So there's there's this triad of concepts. And I think the point of emotional intelligence in the context that we're discussing it is to make sure that your feelings, your thoughts, and your speech are sort of all on the same page, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that you're giving consideration to each one of those things. Because if not, you will probably be unconsciously incompetent. Yeah, the, there's just
1: a sense of congruency. Uh, that's a word that's coming to me now that resonates. That w- we need to be aware of that to check in to see if it's resonating well. Like the congruency of those three triads of making sure your emotions, your language, um, are all sp- uh, your 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 f- your thoughts are. F- they're all in congruency to what you're actually participating in in the conversation. And when you figure that out, and this could all just be this, this is something that could be very conscious and subconscious. But I think it's, it's probably, it probably would lean more to the conscious realm on some level to know that you're moving in the right direction. I believe once you get into mastery there's just there's a level of less thoughtful intent. But at the same time, you always need to be aware. And this is where we get self-awareness from.
0: That's right. And in fact, no matter how good we get at it, there will always be new situations mm-hmm. that arise that new people who we meet, mm-hmm. new circumstances in which we find ourselves that mm-hmm. are going to demand our vigilance and attention, perhaps as if it is the first time we have ever done this, right? This is what is so powerful about communication is that there are literally an infinite number of situations in which you can find yourself. And if we're going to be responsible human beings, we need to ensure and have a certain awareness and vigilance of, of who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're doing it. So I, for me, Jason, my my plan is to always make sure that I process my emotions through my cognition through my reason rather Mm -hmm. than, the, and there's times, there's times when you have to process your reason through your emotions. Mm -hmm. There may be moments in communication or in community with others when my reason tells me this is the reasonable thing to do, but that reasonable thing to do may not be compassionate in that moment right it may not be kind in that moment it may not be empathetic it may not be empathetic in that moment and similarly my emotions may push me to communicate but that moment might not be a moment that calls for emotion Mm -hmm. that moment could be a moment that says your emotional sharing will be out of context. Now we're getting close to our next subject of right, social right. awareness. So I, I just wanted to, to sort of point that out and, and say that um, our thoughts and our feelings have ought to have a symbiotic relationship with our speech. And hopefully speaking will be the culmination of a healthy symbiotic interaction between the intellect and the emotions so that what comes out is constructive and not destructive. I think there's an old proverb in the Bible that says a good word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Hmm. And you, you, can, you can imagine that the opposite of that, right? True. A bad word, fitly spoken, is like, take your pick of anything foul, and you can imagine what the proverb might be. Cow so, I'm sorry? Cow manure? Right right bs and i don't mean bachelor of science thank you right so so we have to be aware of this and it's it's nice that we would end our discussion or wind up our discussion of self-awareness with a triad because we have talked about self-awareness in the context of the christian idea of the trinity right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a trinity of father son holy spirit here we're talking about a trinity of thought of emotion and of action and how a dialogue with ourselves can yield to constructive communication, connection and community with others. So there you have it, Jason, round one of emotional intelligence. Again, folks, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do try to ask the right questions, right, Jay?
1: We do, and that's our purpose. That's our thought process. That's our heart. Um, we want to make sure that you guys are tuning in to hear these conversations, and you know, have them resonate with you, and then see how you can start implementing the thought process, maybe, and even the practicality of of what we're talking about. So, appreciate you guys for for listening in always. But, you know, we're, we're just kind of just getting started.
0: That's right. Now, the next, up, next topic up, Jason, is social awareness. This, mm. is, this is the next phase of emotional intelligence. And if I could, Jason, I want to begin this new session or this new phase of our discussion with a hypothetical. Can I do that?
1: Go for it. Let's see what, see what you got.
0: This is the story of a little boy and his name is Oliver. And Oliver is in the eighth grade. He is about the age of 13 or 14. And Oliver is madly infatuated with a young lady in school. Mm -hmm. Let's name her Nina.
2: Good. Good job.
0: Nina is Nina is fourteen. Oliver's fourteen. They're in the same class. Oliver really likes her, and he decide he he's sort of so infatuated with her. He thinks about her all the time, mm-hmm. and he thinks about ways to tell her that he loves her. And Oliver decides, without any uh, discussion with the young lady to pull her aside one day at lunch and read her a poem, get on his knee and ask her to be his girlfriend, at which point her face turns red, she begins to cry and she walks away in tears. Wow. What went wrong here? Jason what went wrong in our story of Oliver and Nina
1: I mean to put it simple and short uh Oliver misread <laughs> Oliver misread poor Nina uh or whether I don't know if the yeah Oliver either did what he wanted to do in this situation a lot of things have went wrong or he mis- misread some of Nina's actions uh, maybe giving him an idea that she had some level of interest like um, or attraction towards him and by misreading or not being aware maybe socially aware enough to see what or what Nina was leaning how she was leaning whether leaning towards him or away from him He made decisions. He made decisions that will probably stick with him for the rest of his life because that was probably a new adolescent um, act that he had never done before and will probably never do again. Mm. What do you think?
0: Good analysis. I I agree. I think it's fair to say that in this situation, Oliver lacked... The emotionally intelligent component of social awareness. True. He considered himself not toward the end of communication with others, but instead of others. Mm. He transformed himself into an end instead of a mere means to the end. No, break that down. Of others. In other words, I I like the way you put it. Oliver made a decision. Mm -hmm. Oliver installed himself as the conductor of a conversation that said, this is the way it's going to go. I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to read you this love poem I wrote to you and I'm going to get on my knee and, and ask you to be my girlfriend. And the most presumptuous part of all is that you are going to say yes. Wow. And we're going to kiss each other and we're going to hold hands and we're going to sit next to each other at lunch in school. And we're going to ask our parents if we can do things together on the weekends. And it's going, we're going to live happily ever after in his mind, Oliver. And and when Oliver thought of that, Mm -hmm. he was satisfied.
1: Right done rap it was a it was a
0: rap like he was was satisfied completely without giving any thought to nina Mm -hmm. and what nina might think or if nina even feels that way and you know i use this with teenagers because it's easy to understand that but you could make oliver 44
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and nina 34. Mm-hmm. You could, instead of saying they go to school together, you could say they met on the dating app. Right. You could say they had even been out on a couple of dates. Mm-hmm. And that they seemed to get along well. And you could say that Nina never gave Oliver any indication that there was anything romantic there, but Oliver allowing his infatuation or perhaps his limerence We'll talk about that term Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit here to get the best of him. And he ended up asking her to be his girlfriend and reading her a love poem. And he ended up getting ghosted.
1: Let me say this. Can I interject? Would you say, because when you think about terms and of course, they're not exactly the same, but could it be the fact that if, this situ, the situation being adolescent, um, teenagers, and maybe Nina often sat near or next to Oliver at lunch, could be similar to the fact that they found each other on an app. You know these these are, these are things that are can could be inferred because typically, let's let's be honest if you're on an app and I'm on an app and I find you and you find me and we decide to go out together, there has to be some implied, right? There has to be some implied uh, knowledge, if you will, that you're seeking to date, to, 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 to find out whether or not this person has a level of interest. And because you did that act and you found me and I found you, there could be some there can be some, some level of expectation because this happened in this way. I don't know. It's yeah. just new, there are nuances that's, to it, right? There
0: could be some level there could be some level of expectation, but let's get real, Jason. And I've said this before in our own conversations. You go on YouTube and you scroll through and you see these videos on men's YouTube channels that are titled things like 10 signs she's interested. And you scratch your head and you say, you know, I'm talking to this girl and I want to know if she's interested in me. So let me watch this video. Newsflash, brothers. If you have to ask yourself if she is interested, she is not interested. If you have to go on YouTube to look at videos to figure out
1: if she's interested in you. News flash, she, she ain't interested in you.
0: And and, and right, and social aware, I have often said this to you, Jason, I believe I have a remarkable capacity to love a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am romantic, Mm -hmm. I am imaginative, Mm -hmm. I am creative. Mm -hmm. But if I am socially unaware my imagination, my creativity, and my romance is out of context Yeah, if I share it with a woman who is fundamentally not interested in me. Creepy, bro, it's called creepy. Be- exactly, <laughs> so my, my romantic inclinations, my creativity, my imagination out of context is creepy. And you have a lot of people who, men and women, mm-hmm. who are emotionally unintelligent because they don't understand that sometimes, the, if you're, that if you're truly socially aware, the best communication is none at all. Mm. And having the wherewithal to be able to discern when you need to communicate with someone Mm -hmm. in a certain way, doesn't just have to be romantically, it could be other ways, but that's our example. So let's stick with it. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that sometimes the best conversation is no conversation at all. And that if he or she, if the woman has not given you any indication that she's interested chances are she's given you an indication that she's not so the
1: question rises like how do you know if she's interested like i would think on some level the particular like oliver thought she had a level of interest and where does that where's that
0: threshold begin and end bro So, right. So this is a good question, right? Because (laughs) here's Nina, a classmate or somebody he met on a dating app who is thinking to herself, well, it's a nice guy, but I don't really think this is going anywhere. And perhaps because women don't always communicate directly, they will do things like Because they want to be polite, right? right?
1: Not because they can't. Not,
0: not be, right, exactly. They want to be polite. And so they figure, well, he's a nice guy. He's a cool friend. I do enjoy hanging out with him. I'm just not interested in him like that. So I'm not going to give him any indication, but when he calls, I'll pick up. We'll talk. Mm -hmm. We'll have conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think sometimes if you're not careful, you can allow your own imagination to read certain things into her behavior that aren't there. Definitely. Right. And, and in that sense, you're socially unaware. And what you end up doing is you end up sharing things with someone who does not appreciate them, not because she's a bad person, mm-hmm. but because there's no context, because she just doesn't feel the same way, which is completely okay.
1: Totally, totally
0: okay. Right? Right. So, um, yeah.
1: I think, it, you know, social awareness. And that self-awareness, and like you said, the the conductor conversation, where you go into something with a mindset that's fixed on how the conversation should be, like that that self-awareness that so easily flows into that social awareness. So now you're totally adding in the other partner or the other person who you're interacting with, and you bring in those hard facts of saying, this is how this conversation should go, or this is me in this vision of what this conversation should be. And you're, and if you go in there with a mindset to do and have and to experience a certain thing, that's not being fair to yourself and it's not being fair to the other person in whom you're engaging with. So that's you right. have these ideations, you have these thoughts, these imaginations of what should happen, but you never really wanted
0: to include the other person. That's exactly right, Jason. <laughs> and it's not and whether Nina is 14, 24 or 34, it is not her fault that she does not have any interest in you and it's not her fault that she that she i'm trying to think of how to say this it's not her fault that you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Right. it's not her fault that you feel uncomfortable
1: because you because you allowed yourself to go there in your head and you were having a conversation before you you decided to do that act or to say those things to her and and lead it to a certain conclusion before you just never included her in the conversation. You had the self conversation about what you what you thought and what you believed and how you felt. You can't really do anything about your feelings, but you can, you can, you can stoke the fire of your feelings by by having thoughts and and, and ruminations, premonitions about what is and could and be and
0: yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean by filtering your feelings through your intellect. Mm. In this scenario, Oliver took his feelings and he took the filter of his intellect and threw it away. And he felt and he spoke, but he didn't really think. No, he didn't. And so what kinds of of questions, let's just get into Oliver's head for a moment. Let's get into 44-year-old Oliver's head for a moment. Okay. Well, okay, this is... Because because this is the you getting close to
1: home, chick.
0: What'd you say, Jay?
1: I said forty four. You're getting close to home. Chick. I'm getting close.
0: To, I'm getting close to home for you, Jason. I'm just I'm saying. Just game. saying. <laughs> right. So so this is uh, instead of saying, okay, this is how I feel about this girl. That's great. What indication do I have? What honest indication do I have? This I'm, now we're talking about self integrity. Mm. Being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Has she given me any indication that she is interested in me? And and that's the the honest question that you have to ask yourself. Because if you don't ask that question, it's an indication that this interaction is going to be about you and you unloading. Mm -hmm. And that is emotionally unintelligent because you've now become socially unaware. and we have to figure out a way to run our feelings through the filter of our intellect because if if he had done that what he would have come up with is you know what I feel how I feel I really like this girl I really did just sit here and pen this love poem and I would love nothing more than to get on a knee and ask her to be my girlfriend and for us to live happily ever after. But here's the rub. I have absolutely no idea how she feels about me.
1: I think if you've written the letter, you've already gone too far. If you've already set the scene in your head and not yet executed, but still at the point of ru- ruminating and thinking about doing it, you might have gone too far, but you, at least the best thing about
0: it, you hadn't done it yet. See, see, I think, I think you're safe at, at any point before you actually do it. True. I, I mean, in all, in all effect, Yes. And the reason why I say that, and I'm glad you brought that up, because if there's a continuum of, I got a thought, I got an emotion toward this person, I like this person romantically, and going all the way through with it to the point where you get ghosted, or you just get avoided in school if you're 14. Right there, there are different, I mean, you can move either further toward or further away from doing it. And maybe if you've written the poem, you will stop and you will, you've processed your emotions in some way, right? You've Mm -hmm. dealt with them, you've acknowledged them, this is what I'm feeling and so forth. But just because you have that feeling for someone, does not mean they are obligated to feel the same way in return. And I think uh, that the lack of awareness of what another person might be thinking is part of what frustrates communication, connection, and community. Now, let's talk about what happens if he does stop himself, right? Let's go to 44-year-old Oliver. He stops himself and says, you know what, man? I'm not doing this because, you know, I I like her and I would like to do this, but I can't do it because she might not feel the same way. So I am going to walk away, not necessarily from the person or the relationship, but I'm going to walk away from my imagination. True. I think that's healthy, Jason.
1: No, I think that's very healthy. I think you said it. You said it best by entering or inserting the word imagination. I think your imagination can get you in trouble, and your imagination in, in all reality has nothing to do with reality. And, however, to you, it's the conversation that you're having, it's the thought processes that you're going through that can make something that's not reality a very real reality when you continue to think. About how you're envisioning something between you and another person where there's no real indication of, you know, said or said event or future happening or situation actually coming to fruition.
0: Right. And so there is this passage in the Bible where Jesus says, do not cast your pearls before swine. And break that down, Jake. what I mean, what do you sure, say? Sure, I will say that. Let me just say this: We are not calling Nina a pig.
1: okay, that's good,
0: right that's good. Uh, what we are saying, and I think what Jesus means when he uses that imagery of pearls and swine, is to say that Nina has no sense of value with respect to your emotions in the same way that an animal in Jesus's case, a pig has no sense of the value of pearls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oliver's emotions are pearls to him. And he has a right to those emotions to feel those emotions In fact, even to cherish those emotions, to Mm -hmm. cherish his romantic, imaginative, creative inclinations to be disposed toward Nina in a certain way, he can have those feelings and they are valuable to him, but for him to share those feelings out of context would be essentially like casting pearls before, a pig. Again, we're not calling Nina a pig, but the imagery of the pig is to you because pigs will eat anything, right? Right. Right. A pig will just eat the pearls, yeah. not realizing their value. Right. And in the same way, Nina, who has no idea of that you that Oliver feels the way he feels, will likely walk away from the encounter, uh, not appreciating the value of his emotions. Not because she's a bad person, but because he never really took who she was in relation to him into consideration. In Mm -hmm. other words, when you only think about yourself, you end up hurting yourself in communication because if you're not socially aware, you could end up sharing something of value that is unappreciated by the other person
1: yeah I mean just just imagine like Nina has no point of reference in her mind she doesn't really un- like you approaching her with your with your intense feelings the things that you have uh, nurtured coddled, uh, and like you know pushed forward time after time inside of you now you're presenting them to another person and the point of reference the depth of what is being presented is it's almost like where did this come from just like like you, your example of the pig the pig doesn't have a point of reference uh the reason why he's eating the pearls he doesn't have a point of reference of what a pearl is he probably only sees it as food and we'll find out soon enough whether he chews it or swallows it or whatever he does with it that is not for him
2: (laughs) that's right and it's right
1: it's the same way for example with nina no no offense to nina Um, exactly it's just like what is her the reaction is what is this and where did it come from
0: right in the same way that if the roles were reversed and nina had conjured up a scenario in which she and Oliver were married with three children and a house with a white picket fence and a Subaru and a couple of dogs, and she sprung how she felt on Oliver. Oliver would be in the position of the swine, not because he's a bad guy, but simply because, as you said, he has no point of reference for the value Of Nina's emotions. And so, what often happens, Jason, and this is a tragedy, what often happens in these situations is a lack of social awareness will lead to a sharing with another that ends up in resistance that is then interpreted or misinterpreted as rudeness or you just don't really appreciate me or how could you hurt me like that? Mm -hmm. And then people end up alienated from one another, ghosting one another and a potential community is frustrated because of emotionally unintelligent communication. And that is a tragedy
2: it
1: is and i mean i'm kind of marveling at our at our at our example because you can take that example in all phases of course we were talking about the self right mm-hmm. and then we put we took it to something that is more common a one-on-one situation relationship and as we talk about social awareness it can grow into something that's much bigger than a one-on-one situation we're talking about a culture a race a society a country and there is a type of social awareness that all starts and ends with communication Mm -hmm. and how how it's important to to be on like the same page and understand the nuances of and what we think, our preconceived notions, what we what we've heard about, rather than what we've experienced, or the thought to sit and listen and to have a a certain type of dialogue and not have preconceived notions that have been ruminating inside of us, and then and then just like spilling out onto someone without having a purposeful. Um, back and forth of the nuances, what helps us to understand and create connection. And it's just like um, poor Nina and, and Oliver, their little relationship, uh, it's, it never really had a chance uh, outside of, you know, you you would hope if the the least thing that could happen is friendship could could be maintained, maybe so if they're mature enough, but oftentimes it's not because of that self-conversation that poor Oliver had with himself and wanted to be the conductor of the conversation you know I I just think how egregious is that you know wanting to be the conductor not allowing it to have a back and forth organic interaction or or conversation or um series of conversations to get to know someone you know he he could he could have potentially missed out on a lifetime friend if you will um and just decided to to take matters in his own hands because he didn't want to be self-aware enough to say you know who is nina and what are her likes and am i even her type or Am I satisfied with just being a friend and just getting to know her for the person that she is, for the human being that she is? Um, they both missed out, not just not just Oliver, you know?
0: That's right. That's right. They both missed out. and And that's the disappointment that people would... Because life is too short, Jason, right? And this idea that people would end up walking away from one another in a sense, in in in, uh, in frustration of what could have been uh, community mm-hmm. or a friendship is mm-hmm. is disappointing. Jason, you know, I want to talk for a minute about empathy. Go for Be- it, bro. Because we have talked a lot about in our scenario with Oliver and Nina, we've talked a lot about filtering our emotions through our intellect. But I wanna talk about ways in which our intellect may at times need to be subordinated to our emotions. And I wanna talk a little bit about a phrase that you and I have used in our private dialogue a lot, which Mm -hmm. is the phrase difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. When it comes Mm -hmm. time to have a difficult conversation, I think we need to ask ourselves the question. First of all, is there ever a right time to have a difficult conversation?
1: Or Can I, can I say something to that? Please, please, keep, keep, please. Keep with the or, keep with the or. Sure. Is there ever a right time to have a difficult conversation? I don't think that there is. However, I believe that there is a better time than other times. Go ahead.
0: You took the words right out of my mouth. That Definitely. was my next option. The The other disjunct there was, or are certain times better than others? And as a socially aware, emotionally intelligent person, how can I best discern which time is better than another? Because now empathy says to me, I have to allow my emotions to take some precedence over what I know intellectually needs to be said. Mm. And now might not be the best time. And perhaps, perhaps what you have convinced yourself is a difficult conversation because you've been in Oliver mode rehearsing it to yourself Mm -hmm. installing yourself as one who is conducting a conversation that in your mind must have a certain outcome might not really be a difficult conversation to the other person at all Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that for a minute jason i
1: want to i want to talk about that but some type of marketing um marketing campaign just went buzzing in my head the entrepreneurial side of me just kicked in oliver mode on the t-shirt i don't know let's see what let's see how this grows as a podcast grows like we have a following you guys will all know what oliver mode is and we just have a t-shirt with oliver mode and we we get to understand that those are self-conversations where one ruminates over something Mm -hmm. that is desirous of themselves without including the other person Ooh, that's Mm -hmm.
0: good Mm, mm, mm. that's right that's right and so this idea of empathy in a sense the emotions are serving as a filter or at least an impediment to the intellect that says now might not be a good time and maybe if we postpone the conversation there's a possibility that the conversation may become unnecessary at some point also so again this idea i think we can agree jason that of the of the 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 trilogy of emotions cognition slash intellect and speech Mm -hmm. that speech ought to come last
1: yeah i believe it's because it's the physical manifestation of the two Right. And like you said, sometimes we we think it and we say it or we feel it and we say it. This those. Yeah. Either one of those two have to come first. And then I don't think you just say it. It could be just saying it or as a reactionary way, but definitely it should come. It should come last.
0: Right. Which is which is why Oliver is okay At any time before he says anything Mm. to (laughs) Nina because if he's writing the poem if he's talking to himself saying should I do this he's got some minimal engagement with his feelings and his cognition Mm -hmm. just make sure Ali that you don't go running your mouth before you ran your feelings through your emotions or Before you have checked your intellect with your emotions in empathy with another person, I think that is real healthy social awareness.
1: No, it's really good. Like having, as you started off, having tough conversations, if you classify them as being tough, maybe they're tough for you, maybe not so tough for the other person. However, if in somewhere in your heart and spirit, you're classifying the conversation as tough, you need to be considerate, mindful, empathetic to the person that you are going to speak to, whether it's about time, whether it's about how the presentation is, what spirit are you approaching that conversation in, And in a a spirit of critique, in a spirit of um, curiosity. I think curiosity is always a good approach when you're having difficult conversations. But the point is, Timing is everything like, do you, are you having these conversations before a person's, you know, going on stage or having a conversation, before these hard conversations, you think before it that you know they're g- might be challenging before someone goes to work where they have to interact with other people.
0: Here's something um, we haven't considered the medium of communication. Are you having these conversations through text messaging mm. through DMS right. Or are you having these conversations in person? An overwhelming percentage, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, I'm sure you have the data on this and can correct me if I'm wrong or at least give the precise percentage. But if I'm not mistaken, an overwhelming percentage of our communication is nonverbal.
2: You're
0: right. And the problem with texting emojis notwithstanding is that it is entirely verbal. Mm-hmm. And that can lead to real confusion and misinterpretation. And I think it's safe to say that there are some things that should be reserved at a minimum for telephone conversations. and depending on the status of the relationship where possible even face-to-face yeah conversations
1: definitely a lot of there was a movie out by i forget who was in it i want to say um i don't i forgot but it came out probably close to 10 years ago lost in translation and when we are not communicate when we're able to communicate in the most effective way we want to do that and when you can't do it in the most effective way you go to the next room, if you will or rung to be like okay i can't see this person in face to face however this conversation would do better ba- if i can't see him face to face it would do better over the over the telephone like in with a telephone conversation and if you can't do that you just kind of start mark march marching down the rung if you have to wait and time is of the essence you got to pick and choose maybe uh, maybe it has to be through text but maybe you probably let's be honest emojis exist for a reason Mm. you share you can you get to share some type of sentiment a higher level of sentiment than just the written text because the written text is merely black and white, and you can try to have inferences in the, there, maybe all caps or a lot of exclamation marks. But when you do an emoji, honestly, it does share some type of emotional um, uh, translation or conveying, if you will, of a, of a sentiment, of a, of a feeling. So that's the next one. And then the next one down is just pure text, like with, no, with nothing, nothing said behind it just black and white and just like oh i really don't you know this is my feelings my thoughts and hopefully hopefully they get they get it but that honestly is probably the one of the the latter forms of 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 some type of expressive communication that allows you to really really understand what someone's saying
0: and that's right i think i agree with that jason and let's let's just be honest here there may be times also when face to face communication is unsafe true for a variety true. of reasons yes. in instances of domestic abuse or other you know a family difficult family situations if first someone's afraid for their safety then it may be advisable in instances where there are men or women who are victims of physical or emotional abuse when going no contact may be the healthiest form of communication, because going no contact is communication.
1: Yes. When you're not communicating, you are communicating.
0: You are communicating. You are all there is a you are always communicating something. Mm -hmm. It was the French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre who said that even someone who does not make a decision has made a decision. So he says, we are condemned to be free. And in some sense, we are condemned to communicate because even in not communicating, and again, in certain instances, especially in not communicating, we are sending a message. So you have to gauge that carefully depending on your situation and who you are as you're listening. And I think, Jason, we have covered a lot of ground on this issue of social awareness. How about you?
1: I think we have, I think we have. And uh, if if we're honest, there's more, there's a lot more to social awareness. I touched on it just briefly, but for the extension of from the self from where we were going from, the next person, the next the next item was to consider the next person more directly. And I think for all intents and purposes, We really hit on that that with good intention.
0: That's right. I think a good way to sort of contrast between self awareness and social awareness is that with self awareness, the who that you are asking yourself about is you. Mm -hmm. With social awareness, the who you are asking yourself about is the other person. So we move from a who is the self to a who is the other. Who is this person I'm communicating with? Does this person, will this person appreciate what I am thinking of saying to that person? Mm -hmm. Uh, Does this person, should this person hear what I have to say at the time I have to say it? Mm-hmm. Should I should I allow empathy to get the better of my intellect right now mm-hmm. and postpone this conversation? Is this conversation even necessary? Why? All of this because we don't want to do harm to the other person. We always want to err on the side of building communication, connection, and community. Because that's what we do here, Jason, at the we do. podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Listen, Jason, tell folks how they can get in touch with you.
1: Listen, guys, I hang mostly out on IG. So that's at the speakers mechanic, I was gonna say dot com. That is actually my website, thespeakersmechanic dot com. You can find me there, or you can find me definitely on. Uh, social media, Instagram, thespeakersmechanic.com, and Jason Hall, if you're looking for me on LinkedIn, I have a program for communication coaching for professionals and for small business owners, entrepreneurs who are trying to do their best in communicating more effectively, more clearly, actually helping them with their vocal presence so that they can speak in any room boldly and make a greater income. What about you, Tim? I'll call Thanks, you
0: Jason. Folks, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, the Facebook name is Tim Golden. I can guarantee you this. Three things in life are certain. Death, taxes, and I am the only Tim Golden in Walla Walla, Washington. Definitely. The city's so nice. You had to say it twice. Walla Walla. You find me on Facebook as Tim Golden. In, in Walla Walla, Washington. You can find me on Twitter at DrTJGoldenESQ. At DrTJGoldenESQ. And you can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. At a good golden man. Wow, Jason, we're two installments into emotional intelligence. And I think next week, we're going to be talking about Mm self-management. Self-management. That's going to be some good stuff. Jason, this is the best part of my week. So it's always great to have these conversations. Episode six, folks, next week will be episode lucky, number seven. seven. Love Until you, bro. Until next time, folks, take care of yourselves and each other. Love you too, Jason. Let's achieve our common humanity. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Love you. Peace. We out. We out.